Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast. I'm Millette Jones, and every weekday I chat with today's most successful coaches, and we learn their secrets to building a thriving coaching business. Are you ready to be unstoppable? Let's go. Welcome to the Unstoppable Coach Podcast, where inspiration and action come together. Today is episode 100, and I want to thank you all for supporting the Unstoppable Coach Podcast and listening to all of the amazing interviews that we've had on so far with coaches that have brought so much value and taught us so much. So in episode 100, I'm going to focus on a couple of different things. We don't have a guest today, but it's going to be packed with great information. What I'm going to cover are the top 10 ideas that the coaches have shared about starting and growing a successful coaching business. At this point, I've interviewed over 120 different coaches from different niches, different levels of experience, and different levels of success. But what each one brings is their own take on what is the best route to creating a thriving coaching business. We're also going to be talking about some new and exciting changes that I have in store for the Unstoppable Coach podcast. I think it's going to make things even better than they already are. But first, let's jump into the first thing that I learned from all of these awesome interviews, and that is there really isn't a one-size-fits-all strategy. But there are some things that you can do if you're serious about getting your coaching business started or getting that coaching business to grow. Now, we all know from listening to the diverse group of coaches that I've had on the podcast so far that there's so many different ways to become a coach. Coaches took the traditional route of going and getting certified. Other coaches took a less traditional route and decided to coach on the things that they knew the best. So there's really no one size fits all. But what I have learned from my guests is that there are a few things that you can do when you're first getting started to lay a good foundation for yourself. The first thing is to get really clear, clear about what you want to offer and clear about who your ideal client is. In episode 71, Ian Farah talked about how he started his coaching business by taking two months off and doing nothing. All he did was think. Think about the sort of business he wanted to create and what it was that he wanted to do with his life since he had left corporate. In episode 36, Coach Kayvon said that he never felt congruent when he was first getting started. He started out doing ADD coaching because he had ADD, and he thought that this was a perfect niche for him. However, he just wasn't seeing success, and he wasn't really enjoying it. When he finally got connected with a mentor who asked him the question, what are you good at? What are you so good at that you could do blindfolded with your hands tied behind your back? His answer was he could teach people to sell. He had been a top salesperson in his corporate position before he became a coach. He was the top one or two percent in the nation in this company. So Kayvon knew he could sell and he knew he enjoyed it. 
So the idea of teaching other people how to be successful selling was something that seemed easy to him. When he began to go after this niche, then he said he felt congruent. He said he felt like he was offering what he was meant to be offering. Now, in episode 54, Simone Vincenzi talks about how if he had it to do all over again, he probably would have picked a different niche. When he got started, he wanted to be a speaker. He had gone to an event and had been blown away by the speaker that was there. And he looked at that person and said, I want to do that. That looks so appealing to me. But he had no background and he struggled for years to make his business work. He finally found success in speaking, but it was a long, hard road. And he said that if he had it to do over, he would have probably started out being a coach or a consultant for the restaurant industry or the food services industry, because that's where his background was. That's where he had worked for many, many years, and he knew he would be successful teaching in that realm. Simone told me that for a while, he really felt like an imposter because he just didn't know very much about the topic that he wanted to get into. And he said this, if you feel like an imposter, you probably are. So you need to get really clear about what it is that you're good at and what you feel like you have success in and what you feel really comfortable teaching others. Now, the next thing is you should probably niche down. Now, a lot of people have trouble with this one, but the coaches that have come on have said time and time again, almost without fail, you need to niche down, or at least you need to be willing to niche down in the beginning. Then once you're an authority and once you have a base of clients, then you can broaden your reach. In episode 10, I talked to Mark Miller. He's a career coach for baby boomers. Now, Mark has really got a niche, career coaching specifically for baby boomers. Now, that's where he started. At this point, he's branching out. Mark gave me a quote that I absolutely love, and it's probably one of my favorite quotes so far. He says, you have to niche down now so you can branch out later. Go back and listen to just about any of the episodes, and you will hear the coaches time and time again say, you need to get focused. So this was the first thing that I learned from all these awesome interviews. There is not a one-size-fits-all strategy to building your business, but you can do some really specific things to get started out on the right foot. Get clear, get focused, and do what you love in your business. So the next thing I learned from all these interviews is that you have to be willing to invest your time into a strategy. You can't expect something to just take automatically. You can't expect to write one guest post and all of a sudden your email subscribers just blow up. You have to be willing to invest a few months into a strategy to see if it's going to work for you. Now, one of my guests was Pamela Wagner, episode number 94. She came on to talk to us about how we can utilize paid ads. But some of the things that she said, I think translates really well into growing our coaching business. 
Pamela said that in advertising, you have to be willing to invest money and time into an advertising strategy. You can't just throw up an ad over a weekend and expect to see an amazing ROI. Now, I think that's a perfect example from what we've learned from other coaches as well. So I had Ryan Biddulph on. He was episode 42. He talked about utilizing a network to build his coaching business. And one of the strategies that Ryan uses is to write ebooks. Now, he didn't just write one ebook or five ebooks, he wrote over a hundred small, concise ebooks. Now, that is devoting some effort to a strategy. You have to be willing to invest some time and effort into your coaching business. You can't expect it to take off in a matter of days after you get started. The next thing to keep in mind is when the going gets tough, you can't give up. In episode number 97, Athena Bailey talked about how she almost hit a wall and gave up with her coaching. The finances just weren't coming together for her, and she began to question if she was even in the right industry. When she really looked inside, she knew that she wanted to be a coach. She kept pushing, and barely a month later, things began to click for her. So you have to be willing to sit in that uncomfortableness and keep going. Sometimes you might need a part-time job. Sometimes you may need to step back, but don't give up. If coaching is right for you, keep going and things are going to break open. The next thing that I've learned is that you need to get comfortable with something before you move on to something else. Now, here's an example. We can all get really sidetracked with social media. What you might want to do is go ahead and set up all your profiles on social media, but only focus on one platform until you get really good at that platform. Now, with the others, you can set up some sort of an automated system where your post will just go out automatically day after day using something like Buffer or Hootsuite. But then you're going to focus all of your energy on one platform, whatever that one is, wherever it is that your ideal client hangs out. Maybe it's Facebook or LinkedIn or Instagram, but you want to figure that one out and really connect with people on that one platform before you branch out to the next one. I love what Dan Locke said. Dan was interview number one. Dan said that it doesn't really matter what channel you use. Any channel can be successful. All you need to do is just pick something but put all of your energy into it. Dan said that what he did was to pick one channel, have one funnel, make one phone call, make one offer. And that's how he built his successful high-ticket coaching business. Now, on the flip side, you don't have to just stick with one thing. You can explore all of your passions. You just have to be careful. In episode 24, I talked to LJ Rose. LJ has several businesses. She has a lot of different interests, but she didn't try to do all of them at once. She got one business started. And then when that business was going really well, she branched out a little and started something else that she was passionate about. She didn't jump in to everything all at once. She got good at one thing 
and then she moved on to something else. The next thing that I've learned is huge. All the coaches have talked about, in one way or the other, the fact that you need to be bringing in an income. You need to focus on revenue-generating activities. You have to be making money. I mean, most of us don't start a business just to give away our services or to do it as a hobby. We want to help others, of course. But the bottom line is, it's a business, and we need to be able to pay our bills. So we have to balance the time that we spend in our business. And we really need to put the focus, at first, on revenue-generating activities so that we have those funds to keep ourselves going and to reinvest in our business. So in episode 39, Jessica Nazarali talked about, and I love this quote, she said, you need to ask yourself, is what I'm working on now getting me closer to signing a client? And if it's not, you need to stop doing it. Now, there are lots of things that we have to do in our business that aren't really revenue generating. Of course, we need to have a website. We need to have a social media presence. We need to have business cards, but we don't need to get so caught up in doing these things that we forget about the fact that we need to be bringing in an income. In episode 85, Mark Mawinney talked about how conversations equal clients. And what he has his own coaching clients do is make 10 sales calls every single day. 10 calls a day, 50 calls a week, 200 conversations a month. And like Mark said, if you're having 200 conversations a month, you are going to be generating revenue. So the first thing we need to do is focus on these revenue generating activities so we actually have some money coming into our business. So we can sustain ourselves as we're growing and we have money to reinvest. Now, on the flip side, you don't want to spend too much time on things that don't generate revenue. That it's very easy to get sidetracked. A lot of the coaches said that they thought they needed to be perfect before they got going. They wanted to have a perfect website. They wanted to have a perfect brand. They wanted to have perfect photos and perfect content. But what they found was they spent a lot of time putting their energy into things that didn't really make a difference at the beginning. Now, it's not to say that all of these things aren't important, but there's a couple of things to keep in mind. As long as you start out with a decent website that has a little bit of content that will show people who you are and what you're about, you can have some decent photos and always upgrade later. If you choose to have a graphic or a logo, do something that's inexpensive and get it done quick. Because the idea here is you want to get started. You don't have to be perfect at the beginning. Now, if you have a lot of extra money and you want to hire all this out so that it can be done a lot faster, that's great. That might be something that you want to do. But you can have a really good presence even if you don't have a lot of extra money lying around. What you want to keep in mind is don't spend months and months agonizing over a lot of the little things that you might change anyway. Now, what I mean by this is quite a few of the coaches also spoke about needing a little bit of time to really get settled into your brand and your niche and not to get too focused on everything being perfect right out of the gate because a lot of them 
shifted. When we are just thinking about our business and we're just getting started and we haven't really started coaching yet, it's really easy to think that we know exactly what we want. But once you get into working with people and once you start getting into your topic more and getting into your niche more, you may realize that there's a few things that you want to change. You may want to make a shift. Like Kayvon, who started out with ADD coaching because he has experienced it and he knew he would be able to help people. He shifted all the way to being a sales coach. If he had put a lot of effort and energy into a lot of branding for being an ADD coach, he would have had to have changed everything by the time he made that shift a few months later into being a sales coach. So don't get too caught up at the beginning on things that don't generate revenue. Now, the next thing that I want to talk about that I think is just an amazing idea is you don't want to go it alone. Many of the coaches that I talked to spoke about a need to have a coach and that coaches really need to be coached and they need to be coachable and they need to be continuing to learn and grow if they want to bring their absolute best to their clients. Now, I totally believe in this. And a lot of the coaches spoke about something else that was really important, and that's having a network. Now, you can use a network in a lot of different ways. You can use a network to collaborate with, to swap discovery sessions with, to swap clients with. If you get a client that really isn't a good fit for you, and you have a great network around you of peers, you can send that person on to another coach who will then probably reciprocate and send someone to you when they have someone that's not quite a match. You can join a mastermind. Some of them are free and some are paid. It's a great way to have a set of peers around you that can help you and support you. It's a really good idea to build up this support system of people, people that understand what you're doing. Because even in this day and age, being an entrepreneur It's not really the traditional view of what a job should look like. And there's a lot of people who still hold to those traditional views. And you may have a little difficulty finding those people around you in your immediate family, in your immediate group of friends that really get what you're doing. So start to surround yourself with other small business owners, other entrepreneurs, other people who have that same mindset and can really give you that support that you're going to need. Now, the next thing that makes so much sense to me that so many of the coaches have talked about is implementing as many systems as possible to streamline your process. So in episode 17, I had on Jordan Gill. Jordan is a systems and process expert. She talked about how she went from working for someone to shifting to being an entrepreneur, and she did this in just six weeks by really focusing on having some very specific systems in place. Now, a lot of times the coaches have talked about having an onboarding process, things that you're going to send to your clients every single time so that they get into your system smoothly and easily, and you don't have to reinvent the wheel with each new client. Other systems that you're going to want to set up are going to be things like autoresponders so that when people join your mailing list, you're going to be able to nurture these people and it's going to be automatic. The idea here is that you're going to create a few things like funnels and autoresponders 
and having contracts and onboarding processes, things like that, putting your clients into a CRM, putting your network into a CRM so you can keep track of when you need to contact people. You can keep track of where your clients are in the coaching process. All of these little systems and processes that you can put into place that are going to work in the background, it's going to free up your time to go back into those revenue generating activities. So be sure you implement as many systems and processes as you can to really streamline your business. Now, one of the big things that I've learned from talking to over 120 coaches, and each one has said this in some way, you have to take action. You have to get started. You have to stop planning and stop waiting for things to get perfect. You've got to be ready to take that leap. So many of the coaches that I spoke to said you can get caught up in too much learning. You have to be willing to avoid that next shiny object. So many things like this can stall out your coaching business. You need to just have confidence in yourself. You have to be willing to accept the fact that you have something to offer, something of value. And you don't need to get caught up in the idea of needing a little bit more time to learn or just a little more time to take this course or just a little bit more time to learn from this person. I interviewed Kay Sanders. She's a business coach. And what she said about this, I really love. She said, there is no magic bullet. There's no perfect strategy. There's no perfect answer. We could spend the rest of our lives learning. But what we need to do is just get started. You have to be willing to jump in and take action. I think what Kelly Cooper talked about in her episode is that the law of attraction works, but you can't just sit on your couch and expect it to land in your lap. It works, but it doesn't work that way. You have to be in motion. You have to be taking action. You have to be moving yourself towards that condition and that life that you're wanting to create. And as you are moving yourself towards these things, what you're going to find is then the people are going to show up. Then the opportunities are going to start coming into your awareness faster and faster. Now, when I first spoke with Laurie Joy in episode 69, I had no idea about her background. I just thought she was a really amazing coach who had a great business and I wanted to talk to her. But what I learned as we started talking was nothing short of amazing. When you think about this concept of just taking action, I think Lori Joy embodies that idea. She wanted to be a coach. She was a mom, and she had learned so much from being a brand new mom. She really thought she had a lot to offer new moms, but she didn't exactly know how to do it. She'd never coached before. She really knew nothing about the industry. But Laurie said that really helped her. She wasn't distracted by all the shiny objects. She didn't have 10 different gurus that she was following. She wasn't running around like a little squirrel saying, oh, look at this. Oh, look at that. She had no idea what to do. So what she did was she just made a decision. She was going to offer one thing, one freebie. And she figured If she has some people take her up on that freebie, she was going to offer one more thing that cost a little money. And when she had some people take her up on that, then she was going to offer one more thing and it was going to cost a lot more money. 
But she knew that if people got started, they were going to love what she had to offer. She knew that she had value. And what she did was she went from making no money at all to a $10,000 launch in just two months. She was in business for two months before she had her first five-figure month. And what Lori has done since then, she's made a few tweaks, but she's basically been on rinse and repeat ever since. And she has created an amazing business. So go back and check out episode 69 to learn exactly what the plan was that Lori created and how it worked out for her. The next thing that I've learned from talking to these amazing coaches is you have to be willing to pivot, to shift, to change directions. You have to be willing to look at your failure, not as failure, but as a stepping stone to your eventual success. In episode 45, Chris Miles talked about how he had been a millionaire, not once, but twice, and he lost it twice. He came into the podcast with this message, your mess can become your message. And I love that. And Chris really embodied that. He took what a lot of people might consider to be massive failures, failing not once, but twice. And he was able to take that mess and he was able to learn from it. And that became his message. And he's made it back to earning seven figures in his business. He wasn't afraid to fail, and he wasn't afraid to shift and change directions. Now, in episode 75, Brad Yates talked about how he's had to make several shifts in his business. His coaching started out local. Every time his family moved, he had to start his business all over again because his clients were local. Now, after doing this a couple of times, Brad decided that he needed to make a change. He didn't want to be confined to working locally because it was a big hassle to have to redo that business over and over again every time he moved his family. So he created this video of tapping and he put it up on YouTube. Well, now he has over 700 of these videos on YouTube, and this has exploded his coaching business. When he took his business online, he had to be willing to make a shift in the delivery method of his coaching. In episode 14, Alexis Sklamberg talked about changing business models midstream. She and her mother had built a really successful coaching business. They were doing live trainings. But the problem was, it was really intensive to do this. They had to get a local venue. They had to spend a lot of time creating all of the the moving parts that went into doing live events. And it was really confining in the sense that they didn't have the freedom they wanted in their business. Even though they were extremely successful, they really weren't able to enjoy that success. So what they did was they completely shifted what they were doing. They took everything online and they started offering online coaching, online group programs and different products that they could deliver in a way that allowed them to live anywhere, to travel at any point. And they were still able to create massive impact in the lives of their clients. Now, the final tip, number 10, and this, I feel like it's probably the most important thing that I've learned from all of the coaches that I've interviewed so far. Almost everyone has talked about this in some way in their interview. 
And that is, you have to be willing to sell. You have to know that what you're offering is valuable. You have to be willing to ask people to work with you. Ask for the sale. So let's unpack this one a little bit. In episode 33, I talked to Glenn Matson. Now, Glenn is a sales coach, and he said something that I thought was really important. He said that creating awareness is important for your business, but it's not going to make you money. Now, this goes back to other things that we've said, you know, like focusing on the revenue generating activities and not getting bogged down with creating content. It makes a ton of sense. In episode 65, Lynn Pernero talked about how you should be selling from day one. And this was really what she felt was hindering her business, that she focused too much on getting the business going and was lacking in the selling because she was scared to sell. She was an introvert. She didn't like it. She knew she wanted to be a coach and she knew to have a successful business, she had to sell. So she got training. And when she got that sales training, that's what gave her momentum. So she shifted her business and now she's helping other introverts learn to sell. And what she said, I really, really love it. She said, selling is just letting people know that you can help them with the problems they're having. So we might even need to change our mindset a little bit around selling, if that's something that we struggle with. In episode 95, Krista Berry talked about a couple of things that she's implemented that really helped her. And I love this idea. It's to swap out discovery sessions with other coaches and even other entrepreneurs. Now, the best way to do this, or well, the way she suggested was to do it a couple of times a month. And after three or four months of swapping out these discovery sessions, Krista said that she felt so much more confident in her ability to present herself and her ability to ask for the sale that she thought it really made a difference in her business. Now, I want to go back and talk again about Dan Locke. Dan had so much value to offer in episode number one. He had a ton of great suggestions for selling. And one of the things that I love about Dan is he doesn't mince words. He said, if you truly want to impact other people, first, you have to get attention. And I have zero hesitation about promoting myself and getting my name out there. So that's the first thing you need to do. You know, to even get those sales calls, you have to get people's attention. Don't be concerned about that. You know, Dan said a lot of coaches have negative associations, either with marketing themselves or with asking for money. They won't ask for a high price and they're embarrassed to promote themselves. So keep that in mind if you have any hesitation about jumping in and offering your coaching. You know, one of the things that Dan said was, the coaching business can be one of the best businesses in the world if you do it right. And it can be one of the worst businesses if you don't know what you're doing. You have to treat your business like a business and not like a hobby. Now, here's another good one. He said that there is no relationship between being good at what you do and getting paid. I think that's huge. He said there's a big relationship between being able to promote and sell and getting paid. The bottom line is you could run across a coach who's just okay, but if they're really good at promoting and selling themselves, their business is going to blow up. You might have an amazing coach who's scared to sell or who's scared to get out and promote themselves. And that coach 
Although they could help so many people, they probably aren't even going to have a client because they're not even going to get out there and do what they need to do to let people know about what they have to offer and what they can do to help. So Dan said, you need to understand what you're selling and what you're going to deliver. You need to stop selling your time and sell the value of the outcome that you deliver to your clients. Because your clients don't care about the work that you do. They care about the outcome you can create for them. So keep that in mind as you're getting your coaching business started or trying to grow it. If you can't sell your services, you don't really have a business. Make sure you get the practice. Make sure you get the training. Get those things so that you get the confidence to go out there, make the offer, make the ask, and get yourself a full roster of clients. So those are the top 10 things that I have learned from interviewing over 120 amazing coaches. There's no one size that fits all. You have to be willing to invest in your business. Get comfortable with something before you move on to something else. Focus on revenue generating activities. Don't focus too much on things that aren't going to generate you revenue at first. Don't go it alone. Be sure you get some support. Implement as many systems as possible. Be sure you are taking action now. But be willing to shift and learn from your failures. Make changes if you need to. And finally, sell. Sell, sell, sell from the beginning. You have to be selling. Now, these are the top 10 things among so many that I've learned from talking to these coaches. I want to tell you about some changes that are going to take place in the Unstoppable Coach podcast. So the first thing that I need to let you know is episode 100 marks the end of season one. We'll come back January 1st, 2018 with a brand new series of interviews. Now, the second thing that you're going to notice about the Unstoppable Coach podcast is when I do come back the 1st of January, things are going to be a little bit different, but they're going to be better. I'm going to decrease the number of coach interviews that I'm releasing each week. And in their place, what we're going to do is we're going to add in some short teaching episodes. The reason for this is so many of the coaches that I've interviewed have brought amazing information. And what I would love to do is to start to help other coaches really learn how to implement these ideas into their own business. So in addition to a coach's interview, that's going to be followed up with a series of short teaching episodes where we're going to unpack some of the ideas that they talk about. And you're going to learn how you can actually implement these ideas into your business quickly and easily. The third thing that I want to let you know about is I'm going to be offering some coaching. I'm going to be teaching coaches how they can start their own podcast, how they can use podcasting to grow their business. And I'm also going to be coming in with another coaching package, and that is how coaches can use podcast guesting to grow their business. So I'm really excited about these two new coaching packages that I'm putting together that will soon be available. If you want to check them out, head on over to the Unstoppable Coach 
website at unstoppablecoach.co slash courses, and you can get on my mailing list so you'll be one of the first to know when these new coaching packages are ready and what they're going to be about. I want to thank you again so much for joining me today on episode 100. And I can't wait to see you January 1st, when we're going to start season two of the Unstoppable Coach podcast with episode number 101. Thanks again for joining me. Thanks for joining us on the Unstoppable Coach podcast. Be sure to head over to the website at unstoppablecoach.co where you can grab the show notes and check out all the resources and the links to the guest website and social sites. And be sure you join us every weekday when I interview another successful coach and we learn their secrets to building an unstoppable coaching business.